Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. So today we're hitting on, well, I think a huge fan favorite, but we're doing some Batman the Animated Series. Woohoo! Yes, Perchance to Dream. It's uh, season one, episode 26 of Batman the Animated Series. I didn't realize it, how many episodes were in this season. I was like, 26. Jeez. Yeah, season one has so many episodes. <laughs> it's like they just didn't cut. It's probably going to be like how our season there you go. is going to be for this yeah, we, world. We have too many for this one. You're right. It's it's essentially our, our season three. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this one was fun. I'm not going to lie. When I uh, when I watched it, it almost it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, the the Superman story, the man who has everything. Yeah. Which, of course, we're totally going to have to do. That's yeah, we yeah, we haven't story. even Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. But it's it's really interesting because of just how it does a really good job shifting and making you wonder exactly what's going on. And God, just Bruce cannot catch a break. Gotham is just <laughs> Gotham's the worst. <laughs> so definitely rewatch if you haven't already. Uh it's so the anime series is on HBO. If you don't have HBO, then I mean you can be like us and own it but <laughs> um you can probably find it randomly places too at this point but this is yep. so this is an episode where essentially bruce wayne is not batman and he's trying to figure out what in the world is going on and everyone around him is naturally concerned for his mental health actually so it's actually a, a really good episode for us yeah it's really interesting just because I, I love alfred's reactions to everything <laughs> that Bruce asks in this episode and strangely enough it's funny this episode aired almost 30 years ago oh actually what? over 30 years ago yeah it originally aired October 19th 1992 which it's crazy oh to say was over 30 years ago and yeah that I'm not gonna talk about how that makes me feel mm -mm. how it makes me feel like I need therapy but yeah it's a it's an old it's an oldie but a goodie. There you go. Oldie but a goodie indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Alfred is pure Alfred, as he always is, which I, I do love as well in this episode. And yeah. So, I mean, Bruce is engaged to Selena Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, the way it jumps around, because yeah. yeah so even before that, you don't really know what's going on because Batman's just doing his standard thing. Yeah. He's just chasing criminals around, beating them to a pulp. And all of a sudden, I guess it, it, it seems like something falls on him and then he just wakes up mm -hmm. and yeah, he's just, he has no idea what's going on yep. and he's not Batman. He's Bruce at this point. Yep. And he's talking to Alfred about the Batcave and mm -hmm. Alfred's just like, what mm -hmm. are you talking about? And he's asking about Robin and <laughs> I think great. Alfred's like talking about birds. Like what is going on right now? what's going on right now uh and bruce is just completely like awestruck it's like what's going on mm -hmm. this is so weird and the what really knocks him back is his his parents yes. are alive his his parents walk up he's like okay at this point it's like what mm -hmm. the hell going? yep so so he's engaged to selena kyle his parents are alive He's not he's not in cahoots with Alfred about being Batman. And even later on, Batman pops up somewhere to to further show, wait, okay, Batman is separate from Bruce Wayne. So there's a Batman, but yeah. Bruce Wayne is not Batman. Yeah. Now that was that's what caught me off guard right yeah. there. Yeah, so because yeah. I, I instantly was just thinking, oh, in this universe, his parents are alive and 
he never became Batman right. and all just seems well. But yeah, when Batman shows up and he's still just beating criminals to a pulp, that's when I was like, okay, this is weird. What is happening right now? Because it had been so long since I'd watched this episode, I actually had forgotten what the whole plot line was. The one thing I do remember is that he is engaged to Selena Cow, mm-hmm. and Selena Cow has no idea who Catwoman is because he asks her about it, and she's like, "Are you okay?" But yeah, Batman is just still going around. And is it just me, or did he seem a little bit more terrifying? He did. I mean, I I, I think he he wasn't any any different of a Batman. I think though, when you separate the human side and you don't know the human behind it, it just seems more jarring. Yeah, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. I think that's what it was. I think he was scarier because I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. That's a really and and I think and Bruce, of course, was also really really freaked out by yep. that. And I. I do love that Alfred is still his home base yeah. in this reality, though, because he goes to Alfred and he's like, listen, <laughs> if you don't mind, and it's such a funny question, he said, can you just basically tell me about my life? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if, and, and I appreciate, actually, Alfred, his family, he seems to have a solid support system in this scenario because yeah, he, he essentially is like, I know this is a very strange question, but can you just essentially summarize my life for me? Give me the Cliff Notes version of Bruce Wayne. Right. <laughs> and Alfred's like, yeah, that is a super weird request, but I will I will honor it. I will tell you about your life. And yeah. and people definitely can tell some things off, like his parents kind of check in with him later and seem like, oh, you seem you seem better as he's kind of falling into that world and saying, okay, I'm going to embrace this. This is real life. But yeah, it seems like everyone tries their best. They they know something's off and they're concerned about him, but they're also trying, they're trying to be there for him. And they're fairly non-judgmental about it. I would say they're, you know, they're, they're not treating him quote unquote, like he's crazy, which yeah. can often be the concern. So I was, it was nice seeing like, yeah, they're really supportive of him, even though they definitely they're keeping an eye out. They they're concerned. They know something's off. Yeah, and the, I mean the Waynes are still Thomas and Martha Wayne are still just like the best people ever. <laughs> just like they 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 normally are. They're just the best, and so they're they're just like yeah, we don't know what's going on with Bruce. Because also one thing I noticed does does Bruce just does Bruce live at home with with his parents? Oh. Is that what's is that what was going on here? And it's it's not one of those things where I'm like judging it. It's one of those things where I'm just like, interesting. There's a lot of money here. That's, <laughs> it's that's just a really kinda... good point. I mean, I'd I'd be cool living in in a mansion. I mean, you could yeah. definitely have your space. Then again, yeah, they do have enough money where he could have his uh, very own digs, whatever those are. But you know, I think the explanation for that is kind of in the end of the story, right? So what's actually going on? And so this is yeah. this is essentially like a made up world that is meant to be the ideal life. So um you're he's being influenced Batman's being influenced in a way where um he his mind his subconscious goes to the ideal life. So I could see the ideal life for him even though he's an adult. He lost his parents when he was a child and if he pulls them back into existence still kind of being more in that reality they had been in. So it does make sense kind of in that scheme of things that, I mean, he he was probably in his old room, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that is true. Like, and I, and maybe it's one of those things where it's like, he can't dream about something that has not existed before. Like he mm. can't wake up in a new apartment or house that he wasn't. Yeah already in so yeah i guess that does make yeah make sense but yeah it is i just i i really think it's interesting how no one is like upset with him for having no idea where he is they're just kind of like bruce this is weird it it almost makes me wonder like in in this reality is like bruce like an alcoholic and they're just like Bruce is on one of his benders again. <laughs> well, I mean, I once again, I, I think that they're approaching this in a really good way. So it's 
it's very terrifying to to even put it lightly, mildly. It can be very terrifying to see someone that you care about really struggle and par- particularly if that struggle seems to be something they're not able to escape. So there's a difference between a bad day and a bad week and then a bad month yeah. and then a bad year, for example. Or there's a difference between like severity levels, like how intense of a bad day is it? And then when there's when there are things to suggest someone's struggling with their memory or their sense of reality in some way, that can be particularly scary for for people that care about you or or even just the people around you. We don't we don't like our reality tested. And That's... yeah, we we don't like it. We we don't like reality tested for us. And so when when someone's looking at things from outside of that, yeah, it can be a lot. And I I, I was yeah, I was pretty impressed with how they 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 were the antenna was going off for everybody. And even to the point where his parents at one point they call the police because he runs off and understandably so, yeah. they're concerned about him, which of course kind of hits on that piece of are the police this is a big question especially in the United States these days are the police the right people for this kind of situation to be yeah. called in some communities it's the only option um in other communities there are other options like um well there are mental health trained police officers or mental health professionals that that go out into the field or you might have just other kind of support networks um, some countries are set up very different than us. So it, they're concerned to the point where they send the police, which I'm sure wasn't the ideal scenario for them, but they didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And well, Bruce is like, of like, Bruce is already the kind of person that is not trusting at all. So this mm-hmm. reality that he's suddenly in, he obviously is just like, okay, what is up? This is not yeah. okay. This and that's, is weird. Like, and, and yeah. it, it's, 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 it's Bruce, right? Like, he already well, doesn't trust thing. anything. Yes. So that's the thing with a lot of these storylines is the surroundings or the situation changes. But a lot of times you plop the original person into it. And yeah. so all of a sudden you've, you have someone with a whole set of other different other experiences being plopped in there and you're exactly right so they're expecting the bruce that has lived through their circumstances who would probably be a lot more trusting and probably happy-go-lucky and you know definitely not as broody but yeah yeah, he's he's plopped into this and you're right that trust factor is is a really big issue for him still and you bring up a, a good point though when you mentioned that like there are certain professionals that mm-hmm. deal with it because Bruce doesn't he goes to Dr. Leslie Tompkins. Oh. Uh Pepeve. He goes Pepeve. Go on. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So in season two, where we looked at different mental health providers and roles and whatnot, we thought of doing Leslie Tompkins because we knew sometimes Leslie Tompkins was treated as if she were a mental health professional. We couldn't think of like a specific storyline to hone in on. Little right. did we know in season three, we would trip, stumble right into one of them where. <laughs> uh, so Bruce Wayne goes to Dr. Leslie Tompkins, who is a physician and gra- okay, right. psychiatrists are physicians that focus on mental health, but she is not a psychiatrist. In fact, he goes to her and he says, Leslie, I know you're not a psychiatrist. <laughs> and then he asks for help. Now, she's a a friend and family confidant at this point. There's and also um, actually a lot of mental health stuff pops up in your primary care with your um, your main physician. A lot of times Um, that's where things a lot of times pop up at first. So it's not bizarre he would do this, but he goes, I know you're not a physician or excuse me. I know you're I know uh, you're not a psychiatrist. And then he starts talking about what what's going on for him. And he's very open, which is on it, which is awesome because that can be very difficult to do with a provider. It's terrifying to let someone know that your sense of reality is so different from everyone else's. But yeah. a lot there can be a lot of concerns of they're gonna lock me up, they're gonna see me as crazy, I'm gonna lose everything, or I'm I'm gonna lose something out of telling them. 
Um, so kudos to her and how she, she reacts generally. But then she goes, yes, I'm not a psychiatrist. And then she acts like she's a psychiatrist. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not a psychiatrist, but if I were a psychiatrist, here is all the stuff that I'm like, what are you doing? And it's, she's not necessarily off base. So like she, she gives him like some good things to contemplate. Uh, but first off, she just kind of says, here's everything going on with you, which is not how this works. A person has to explore themselves. You don't, you can't just hand them answers. She's not Bruce. So she doesn't know his inner workings, but she has some good tidbits to consider. But yeah, I love the, I'm not a psychiatrist, but let me pretend to be a psychiatrist right now. Oh, yeah. how, but how I about... did stay at a Holiday Inn Express Thank last you. night. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly what happens. Instead of, I'm not a psychiatrist, here are concerns I have about you. Let me connect you with a psychiatrist because theoretically she would have to do that in her practice with people. Anyway, pet peeve. And it's, well, it's, that is a good point because a lot of people, they they hear the word doctor and they're like, oh, they're they're a doctor. They they mm-hmm. know this thing. But there's so many different specialties. So many when it when it comes to medicine, it would be on the same level of like, hey, I work at a movie theater, but I'm gonna give you car advice right now. <laughs> With, and it's like, but no. Like, no, that and and but it's it's almost on the same level when it's like, hey, I'm not a psychiatrist, but (laughs) I yeah, it's and also, I mean, so the kind of doctor she's a a lot of times, I think, like a family medicine doctor or something like that. Someone someone who would they they are very much generalists and they know a lot of different things. And, And actually, nowadays, family medicine and primary care doctors and and physicians in general uh, there are expectations for your training to actually have some very baseline um, psychological training, like knowing knowing what the basic treatments are and what it looks mm. like. And um, but it's kind of like uh, you know, I took biology in high school, um, or uh, I I even like taking classes in graduate school, and I can give you a little bit of a tidbit of this thing, or maybe even. I know some of the practices or might be able to share a little bit of information, but you wouldn't actually be provide. I, I, I wouldn't be a biologist based off of the, the you know, decent amount of biology I had along the way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's very. So she she would probably know some tidbits. But, yeah, she just like jumps right in. I'm not a psychiatrist, but let me psychiatrist you. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I. The way that she jumped into it, it felt like. She had been waiting for him to ask that question. Like, I'm so glad you've asked. I have a laundry list of things that, that I think about I've you. just been waiting for you to yes. ask. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you asked. Let me pull up this Wikipedia article real quick. I have something to say. <laughs> but it's funny because Bruce, Bruce trusts her so much that he immediately is like, okay. Yep. Well, and here's the thing. I am not saying that a person's physician shouldn't talk to them about their mental health. In fact, you would hope that they would have a trusting relationship. They'd be able to have that conversation. If anything, unfortunately, what can happen is um, like sometimes those of us in mental health will will have someone in the medical field. And this isn't everybody by any means, but because different people are used to different scenarios, they'll say this person's suicidal. Help us. We're like, okay, what's going on? And they're like, well, I I have thoughts of death or dying from time to time, or sometimes I wish I didn't wake up. And it's like, I mean, we want to track that, but that's different than I'm actively suicidal in this moment. Like I'm going to go right. harm myself in a very permanent way. Um, so once again, like you were saying, different people have different skill sets and not one person can have everything. But you do, you want that level of trust. That level of trust is a really good thing. It's not that you don't want her talking about these things. It's not like you want her shutting it down, which unfortunately can happen. So sometimes people will, because they don't know what to do with it, it can sometimes cause some like awkward situations. But you also got to consider your scope of practice and, and what do you have training in? And, um, you know, you, you might be like, yeah, it does sound like there are some concerns here. We should explore it further. Let me set you up with someone who 
Right. right. We both know Let a psychiatrist might be helpful in this scenario. Let me find you a good one that you can trust just like you trust me. Yeah. Like, let me refer you. But like, I, she, she, like you said, she says she's not a psychiatrist, but immediately she's like, oh, Bruce, you're identifying with Batman because you feel like you don't have a real sense of accomplishment. And so you're manifesting the, the whole, it's, like, it's this whole thing. The subconscious thing has she, created a delusion. Yeah. And I'm like, are you sure you're not a psychiatrist? Like, are you, <laughs> are you sure? Because. I feel like that couldn't have just been sitting at the top like that. Like <laughs> I know, right? It it really was one of those things where you're like, okay, someone was super <laughs> excited to use some some like psychoanalytic knowledge that uh, they learned at some point. They were like, guys, I'm ready for this episode. Let me give you a tidbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So uh, that being said, though, the interesting thing with this episode, it, it hits on some things that you see in, in other kind of alternate reality style storylines. Like I remember there's one in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where there's kind of this question of is she actually the Slayer uh, or is she having some sort of delusional process happening? So um, yeah. these these odd fixed beliefs that tend to differ fairly strongly from what the people around you might see as reality. Mm-hmm. This tends to be what we're talking about with delusions. Um, I, I prefer things like odd beliefs or sometimes it comes off as like paranoia. I, I prefer to use the descriptive terms that the person themselves see it as because del- being told you're delusional or have delusions, like I wouldn't take too kindly to that personally. Um, but I, I, I do have to say, I, I love how they explore the sense of delusions. So she brings this potential up to him. He then, there's this piece where he goes, okay, it's a delusion. All right. Well, then let me just go back to life. And at first I'm like, yeah. okay, that's not how delusions work. Because think, think about, I want you to imagine someone literally told you, Keaton, your life is not real. Would you just say like, okay. Yeah, he did. No, I absolutely wouldn't. He did accept that really quickly. He yeah, did come around true. very quickly again, though, too. Yeah, but it didn't take long, but he did accept it. And suddenly he's like, sweet, yep. awesome. Yep. I'm going to go about my day. I'm going to read the newspaper. Like he just, mm-hmm. as soon as, but like, if, yeah, if someone came to me and said, your, your, your life is a delusion, like, I would have so many questions. I'm like, even the Gatorade I drank? Like, that wasn't really, (laughs) like, what's the, what about all the Batman stuff? Like, are my Mm. comic books real? Because that's such a great collection that just, (laughs) what? Like, Your mind would go down that rabbit hole. I would. Eventually, I would get to my family. But before that, that, I'm like, I have a lot of Transformers, and you're telling me that none of them are real. (laughs) (laughs) So... In the defense of Bruce Wayne and and this storyline, what he's being told is a delusion. Granted, is this whole almost obsessive personality and character he's created for himself and and really something that that makes a huge difference in the world around him that might be hard to give up. But on the flip side, his parents are still alive and not having gone through that trauma and all that hurt and harm through all of his life. So... I could see there being a pull to believe that and being like, oh, man, I can let go of this weight that I've had. But, yeah, that would be quite the internal crisis. And and we're laughing about what you're saying, but I think that's such a wonderful example. Imagine that because here's the thing. From the outside, something might seem obviously like it is a delusion or a belief that is not actually set in reality. But philosophers forever have been arguing about what is and is not reality. And these are theoretically very smart people, (laughs) have a lot of education and know how to look about at these things, you know, (laughs) reality is not that simple. I mean, even in, you know, physics and and all these different science aspects, uh, it's hard to measure things in in a really concrete way. There are all these ways we realize reality isn't as uh, concrete as we like to think it is. But but we when we see someone with a delusion, we see it as so obvious. So it, it confuses us and it's uncomfortable to see someone fight against that because it's a reminder of how reality isn't as fixed as we like to believe it is. Yeah. But 
But part of why it gets stuck is exactly what you're talking about. If this isn't real, and I'm so sure it's real, what what is real? What isn't? And you have to help someone almost rebuild that from the ground up. How do I tell when something is real, when something isn't real? And it can take a lot of effort and energy to really work through that. Yeah. Like, how much does he trust Leslie Tompkins that she just says that to him after telling him he's that she's not a professional? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, so, so, so there are some people with less bedside manner that that might be their first conversation with someone and it ain't going to go well. Right. Uh, it is tricky, though. Uh, a, a lot of us and even those of us in the mental health field can struggle with having those conversations with someone because, once again, no one wants to be told that the reality they live in is something to question. And, and in general, we all have parts of our reality that we are not seeing in the most realistic way. That is true. We're all wrong at times. No one's brain is perfect. I can, me and my husband can argue for hours about remembering something in two different ways, even though we were both there. And and this isn't specific to us. This is just human condition. Memory isn't right. perfect. Our perceptions are different. There are a lot of things that come into play. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's tough to hear that how you've been viewing something so surely you were so sure about it is not in fact that way. And it, it is a very tough conversation to have. She just lays it out there. It seems from this that they have the kind of relationship that, that could work. And actually, his relationship in, in the reality, the, the real life, not the dream, um, is very strong. I mean, she's one of his sole confidants. She knows right. he's Batman. They have a lot of tough conversations. They kind of agree to disagree in terms of how he goes about vengeance and whatnot in the night. Um, so you're right. That that. Trust is so important when you're talking about these kinds of scenarios and difficulties. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because like a lot of the time that trust, I feel like, comes because they are a third party with no ulterior motives. Like mm. I, so many times you can go to someone and it's like if it's a family member or a friend you know that they are seeing things from honestly from your perspective because they're in your corner versus Mm. a third party that's like tell me the story and then i'll give you my my un an unbiased opinion unbiased opinions are very very hard to find with loved I would argue unbiased opinions are impossible to find. So, so here's okay. what I mean. Um, I think you can have varying levels of bias. I, I 100% agree with you that actually a lot of times people will say what they like about therapy and, and therapy-like treatments is having a sounding board separate from the, the people that they know personally in their lives. Because you're absolutely right. Those people are going to see things from a certain way. They're either going to be like you were talking about, really on on your wavelength and maybe cheering you on in a certain way. And so maybe they don't step back just in the same way you might struggle to step back. Or, you know, we all have different motives. And so they've got their own way of looking about things. And they have a personal stake in those things. In a way that theoretically, this is why in episodes like um, the one where we talked about Professor X, when we talked about Charles Xavier, we talked about the difficulty of having so many different relationships with people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Because being able to step back, it reduces the bias. Unfortunately, right. a number of people listening probably know what it's like to work with a provider of some sort who was not unbiased. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and we're all we all have our own um ways of perceiving things and ideally the providers are their training is meant to help them minimize and reduce the the risk of bias getting in the way of growth for the person but at the end of the day we all have our experiences that color how we look at things and so 
Um, I would say with providers, ideally, the bias is very low. And part of what they're doing is helping you by checking themselves. They're checking for your biases. They're checking for their own biases. And they're checking for how those play against one another within the therapeutic processes happening to try and minimize how um, how their bias might might impact. They don't, they don't want to get in your way by accident based on their own personal values or experiences. Um, but no bias. Yeah, I, I guess know. that is That'd pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that that would be very very uh difficult without a without it being honestly a computer. I feel like that that's yeah. when AI would would and even then someone built that computer. Oh. <laughs> so their biases might be written into the code or whatever. I don't know. AI freaks me out. I, I can't trust that it. it's it's Skynet can't trust it. <laughs> I'm right. super freaked out by AI. They're so going to take over and my house is going to be the first one that becomes their slaves. But your, your house is where it's going to begin. I think so. Huh. Everything's smart. I don't know. I, I'd rather just flip a light switch, but you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Sounds, this sounds like bias. <laughs> See, there you go. I'm, I'm a fairly perfect human being and even I have bias. <laughs> <laughs> But, no, but uh, I mean, you've got a really great point about trust is super important and your own personal perceptions and values and motivations. And with with a professional versus, say, a friend or a confidant in some way, they're going to give different things to you. They're going to be different advantages and disadvantages uh, based on who you reach out to. And, you know, one thing I do like is that at the end of the day, it's like Bruce, Bruce did take the healthy advice that Dr. Mm. Tompkins gave him. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like he, he did still come to the fact that it's like, okay, I know what she said, Mm -hmm. but I know what I see right now. Yep. And I, I did like the fact that it's like, okay, I took the advice. It was good advice that she gave me. However, I now know there is another factor at play here. Like when he reads the newspaper, it all kind of comes together. He's like, okay, something's up. I'm, I'm, I'm not tripping. I'm this, there is something weird going on here and I need to get to the bottom of it. And, and it's, it, it's cool because honestly, it's, it's a good feeling to be able to trust yourself. It is. Um, and and that's kind of how I felt when I when I uh when I watched that part because yeah, he does trust Leslie because that is a very healthy relationship he has with her and he can take her advice, but at the same time, he does still trust himself. Mm-hmm. And so when he sees the the newspaper, it like all kind of comes to him and they 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 do this at this left right left brain, right brain explanation, which I never got a chance yeah. to Google because I was like, eh, that sounds iffy. Because it's but, crap, yeah. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> I thought so because I'm like, I've read things in my dreams before. That's not true. But yeah, but yeah. <laughs> they, so, they needed an explanation that five-year-olds could understand. <laughs> well, and, and so left brain, right brain stuff has been one of the theories and, and sort of conjectures. And there's a lot that we have learned over the years with the brain and whatnot. But so, yeah, let's talk about this. So <laughs> I once again saw this as a very great potential representation for psychosis. So, okay. You mentioned how great it can feel to be able to trust yourself. Once again, this is why reality testing is so difficult, even when people are telling us something that we might want to hear, like my parents were not actually murdered in front of me, or um, what are some other examples of things? Uh, The CIA is not following my every move, or my ex isn't stalking me. Um, and breaking into my home and stealing things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those are just a few I- examples of some kind of common, common themes you might hear. Um, so it's really hard to question yourself 
And once again, where does it stop? Are the Transformers real? Are the comic books real? Where does it end? If I can't trust what my eyes tell me, what my ears tell me, what my what my brain tells me, what can I trust? Right. And, and here's the thing. So with psychosis, um, things like schizophrenia, for example, um, one of the things that people often think about for, for therapy and treatment is reality testing. So helping a person be able to look at evidence for and against the beliefs that they're having about their situation. Here's the tricky bit. I think I've yet to meet a clinician who's done work with someone that has psychosis, who has a delusion or a stuck odd belief um, that hasn't also seen someone when they reality test seem to come up with evidence for the delusion. So he could very well have hallucinations or experiences, perceptual experiences. The brain is a very powerful weapon that can unfortunately turn against itself. So a person very well can, um, if you're saying, okay, let's, let's try or prove or disprove this situation. If a person isn't ready at that stage where they can really flex that belief, which can take a really long time if ever, their brain will oftentimes auto-populate evidence to fit with that belief. It's kind of like how think about when you're arguing with someone, you're having a debate, and neither one of you is going to change your opinion. Right. Think about how each of you can kind of twist the evidence and the information at hand so that you both remain right, even though you disagree with each other. Yeah, it's it's almost like you're you you start uh you start listening to respond and not understand. Uh oh, so yes. Yeah. So you're not yeah, you're not really you're not really getting anywhere besides saying I'm right. Yes. And this is actually something this is um, any of you who might be therapists or mental health providers or even physicians, because you guys see these folks, too. This is a hole that we fall into. So we you were talking about bias earlier, and I said, I don't know if I believe in there being such a thing as absence of bias, but we can reduce it. It is so uncomfortable to hear someone talk about a strong belief in a reality so different than what we view reality to be. And we can, I love how you worded that. Even those of us trained to listen to understand, we'll start listening to try and pull someone to our sense of reality. We'll be listening to get to a certain end point rather than trying to first understand and like you were talking about before build the necessary trust that you have to have for someone to be able to hear these really difficult things about potential delusions or these stuck beliefs so yeah i love how you worded that because even the professionals can easily get stuck in that where we're not listening to understand yeah and that's something that i think it, it it's very very hard to break because like like we said before the reality that you see is the reality you see and it's very hard to hear like that's it it almost feels like you're being gaslit when someone tells you otherwise yeah yes yeah and 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 that's how i felt watching watching bruce at the beginning of the episode when he's just trying to figure out what's going on and they're like the bat cave what are you Mm -hmm. talking about and he's like okay what like he's like you could almost tell he's a little bit like almost like upset because he's he's like okay this is bat cave alfred i live (laughs) there like what (laughs) are you kidding me right now like that's not and it's 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 just it's a it's great to uh to watch but then when like the i guess you say when the, the the whole facade kind of uh comes comes down it gets really wonky because Mm -hmm. i at that point it does become a lot more i don't feel like it's really grounded in uh in anything real at that point you're talking about when he's like starts fighting batman and he's essentially kind of 
realized the jig is yeah. up, so to speak. Yeah, he's fighting Batman, but then Batman takes takes off his mask, and it's the Mad Hatter who's in the real world, but also in his dream world, but, but doesn't does, know he's doesn't Bruce get to Wayne. See it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't get to like, see the dream like, world. Uh, that got like, a little weird. I will agree like, with you. Uh, okay, now we're now we're back to being a standard operating Looney Tune cartoon. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was bothered. I'm like, give me the real stuff back, but. Uh, yeah, in this case, it wasn't real. Right. And, and, and so, you know, this isn't me saying, oh, my God, Batman and Bruce Wayne, he's got delusions and da 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 And the not psychiatrist was right. <laughs> but <laughs> these kinds of episodes and things I think are really interesting because, once again, it, we we often forget to listen to understand when it comes to these these kinds of struggles that people might have. Mm-hmm. And so we we end up reacting instead of responding to the person. And and that's that's the really cool thing about these kinds of um alternate realities. And I'll tell you one of the things that is interesting though is I feel like the way Bruce walks away from all of it it's that he is a little bit upset that that reality wasn't real mm. but at the same time I, he i also it also seems like he he just kind of takes it in stride like yeah i knew it like it was it, yeah. it he he was just like yeah that sucks but yeah we go back to fighting crime now like he doesn't really he doesn't seem as shaken by it as like like we said like superman was at uh for the yeah. man who has everything right he it, Batman doesn't seem nearly as uh as shaken at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, other episode. other ones I think do a better job of that where they do. Yeah. I totally agree with you that this felt like a okay, well this is a kids show and we're ending it at 20 25 minutes. We're yeah. we're we're done <laughs> versus what his reaction might be, which yeah, you you'd expect a bit more from him emotionally about this. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that that's like he a, had his parents back. He had his parents back. Yeah, he was engaged. And, like yeah. it was. Yeah, just he had all, all these things. And I mean, because it was still him, and he didn't spend like other scenarios. He's actually spent more time mm-hmm. in that alternate world. In it, where he spent more time there, I think he's struggled a bit more. That's true. Where there there are times where it, he almost turns into the Bruce Wayne of of whatever that situation is, and he yeah. kind of turns into a little bit of a douche. But you know <laughs> what are you gonna do? That's the part. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the role well. But yeah, I really I did uh I did enjoy it. It was uh it was just one of the things that was fun to me though was that it was the the Mad Hatter. Mm. All along, because the the Mad Hatter's a very Jervis Tetch is a very interesting villain. We'll we'll get to him eventually on the podcast, <laughs> but he's uh he's a character, <laughs> yeah. and every time I see him, he's just a little bit different to the point that it's it's very campy and weird, mm-hmm. and he has like a crazy creepy smile that's just stuck <laughs> on his like a Joker grin kind of stuck on his face. So it was really funny that. He was the one behind it all because, like it, it, it I, I honestly, it felt more like in the realm of uh, Doctor Destiny or, mm. uh, you know, or even maybe even Scarecrow, like yeah. you know, something. If it, if it hadn't been so fun, it could have been yeah. Scarecrow. Yeah, if it, it was a, if it was a little bit cloudier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need, yeah. need life need to get worse for it to be Scarecrow. But That's true. That's true. I guess true. if you're talking about Bruce Wayne's life. Scarecrow's toxins might might not know what to do. <laughs> right, They're like, exactly. oh shit, the worst already happened. What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> what, what happens now? We'll make it good. He won't know what to do. Yeah, it's gonna totally throw him for a loop. We're gonna give him cotton candy. It's gonna be great. Like he's gonna really be freaked out. It's gonna be daytime. It's gonna be sunny. <laughs> he won't know what to do with himself. That's great. Um, <laughs> do we have a mindful nerd moment? Of course. So interestingly, what what I picked kind of hits on hits on the the gap you felt at the end, it, it, or 
Yeah. In, in terms of his reaction to, okay, this, this was in fact not real as I suspected. So I was thinking for the mindful nerd moment, we can take that process of realizing it is all a dream and doing a mindful nerd moment, just how to try and mindfully manage what that experience would probably be like. And, and like we mentioned in this, they kind of make it seem like, oh, hum, all right, just another day in the office. But it's probably a much more difficult experience internally to manage that he just wasn't showing on the outside or just wasn't shown in the cartoon. Um, so they don't really... I mean, he says that when he looks at, when he tries to read and it's all gibberish, that's when he said, aha, this is in fact a dream. Uh, the right brain, left brain, blah, blah, stuff. Right. Um, so what we'll do is just kind of pretending like, okay, he's grabbing the newspaper or he's grabbing a book or, you know, whatever you want to imagine, but he's reaching for something. He's, he's like, okay, you know, I love that Leslie said this is all real. That'd be great. Grabbing that, seeing the gibberish and just what that experience would be like the letdown and also maybe the relief of knowing okay reality is what i thought it was the good and the bad of that okay so as per usual so sitting straight but comfortably ideally you can close your eyes if not just don't focus on anything in particular in the room just soften your gaze and first focus on your breath Just notice what it's like to breathe in and breathe out. Use this opportunity to just focus yourself a bit, which will help you transition into the mindful nerd moment. And as you're breathing, I want you to shift to imagining you are Bruce Wayne. In this scenario I was just describing, you're in your little office area, lounge, wherever, and you're picking up that newspaper. And you're thinking to yourself as you reach for it, I hope Leslie's right. Hey, okay, Leslie's talking about this. This is life. Let me just accept things as they are. But there's just this inkling inside of you. You got to do one more check. You reach for that newspaper. You pick it up. You feel that newspaper in your hands. Notice what it's like under your fingertips. You look at the print. And you see gibberish. And I want you to just notice what it feels like to see that. What it feels like to have running through your head that you were right all along. Leslie was incorrect. This is a dream. This is not reality. This means that you can trust yourself. This also means that your parents are dead. And just noticing those feelings that build up, likely both relief and sadness, overwhelming sorrow, but also a sense of pride in yourself for, hey, I figured this out. I know myself. And just taking the time to notice each of those different feelings and saying to yourself, I am feeling sadness. I'm feeling pride. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I am having the thought that I was right. I'm having the thought that I wish I had been wrong. I'm having the thought that I can trust myself. I'm having the thought that I wish this wasn't a dream. I'm having a feeling of sorrow. I'm having a feeling of relief and just picking out those thoughts and feelings while also creating a little bit of distance. I am having the thought that I am having the feeling that to just help know what this experience is for you while also making sure it's not so intense that it takes over everything and you break down. In a moment, we're going to step away from Bruce Wayne. But first, just take a few deep breaths because, hey, Bruce Wayne's going to have to step out of that dream at some point and back into reality, the good and the bad. 
So before we shift back to us first, take a few deep breaths as Bruce Wayne. Help him prepare to leave the dream. Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in. Breathing out. When you're ready, take another breath in. But breathe in as Bruce Wayne. Breathe out as yourself. Breathe in. Back to where you are with this podcast and breathe out. Back in your life. We'll let Bruce Wayne handle the rest of it. Okay. How was that? I liked it. I liked, uh, I liked it. It, it, it kind of reminds me of just like when you are in a, like when you're in a nightmare and mm. something happens and it dawns on you that you're dreaming mm-hmm. and then you just kind of make yourself snap out of it mm. and, and kind of bring yourself back to reality. It's such a, it's such a good feeling because one, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this reality is absolutely horrible right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not real. I can escape it, which is a mm-hmm. great feeling, but it also kind of makes you feel empowered that it is just a dream mm-hmm. that you can, uh, that you can escape from. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it, that is really good. Just being, being able to, temporarily it, it even just temporarily have that kind of power yeah. and control over your your world yeah so yeah well and and here's the thing is that we some we don't have a lot of power con- and control in life and we can't even necessarily have we can't necessarily have power and control over what we feel what we think those things can sometimes kind of hit us in in waves based on what's going on around us it, right. some of those innate reactions but we do have power and control over where, how we respond to it and absolutely taking that moment to notice all of the different pieces of it and and that can be the struggle is a lot of times we assume something should feel good or it should feel bad or it's just something that we go through and we don't even notice because it's just neutral but a lot of things are more complicated than that and really slowing it down to notice all those different pieces, whether it's a nightmare that you're glad to wake up from or some other reality or experience or knowledge base that is changing for you, whether you realize, hey, something's different than I thought it was, or maybe it's accepting that something is exactly what you thought it might be, but it comes with the good and the bad. That's a good point. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. Find me on social media at Crafting the Mind. And I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.